0: As y'all can be seated, yeah, if you would turn to John 14, please, John 14, excuse my voice, please, it's i uh, I'm glad I have one, <coughs> excuse me, uh, lost my voice for several days there, and I appreciate everybody taking care of things. It was sort of there Friday, but uh felt like I ought to just give it another day or two. And, and after I heard what the Lord gave Phyllis, I was glad I didn't come. Uh, good word about being loosed. And, uh, <coughs> you know, we have a lot of ability around here that can can do things. Uh, I don't need to try to do it all. Um, I, was th- I was thinking about Brother Hagen and... Uh, in some of this, uh, he said, I heard him say it, what, 30 years, 40 years? He said 50 years, then he'd say 60 years. In 40 years, he said, I hadn't been sick in all these years uh, except when I missed it. And he just talking about him. Well, I pretty much say the same thing. I mean, I go year after year after year and just go strong and hardly even know you got a body. And because uh, and it gives you no trouble. And, um, You can miss it in things small or large. I know years ago, I had uh, trouble with my voice. And uh, finally, the Lord dealt with me to quit sleeping under the fan. (laughs) I like to sleep under the fan blaring with no t-shirt. And something as simple as that. I didn't really want to change that, but I did. And I stopped having some of the issues that I'd been having. Well, I know one thing I did... uh, I took a trip I didn't have to take, and it was a long deal, and I was already tired before I started, and you know, you can just push yourself too far, and I I think for sure I did that, but then also, I want you to pray with me about this, Um, and following Brother Hagin's ministry closely, I know, and I'm not divulging anything, he told it publicly, when he did have problems and issues, a lot of times it was because he wasn't doing the next thing the Lord told him to do, or he hadn't gotten to it quick enough, and you can get in trouble uh, by that. And so I'm praying, believing God uh, about what we're supposed to do. And there are some things that have come up in my heart and um, been hindered in them a little bit, but uh, I'm, I'm believing God. We will do what we're supposed to do. Amen. And I believe there are additional outreaches of ministry. And how many believe this ministry is supposed to increase and become greater and reach uh, many, many more? And there's a lot of ways that the Lord can do that. And uh, I want to do exactly what He wants us to do. So uh, uh, pray with me, believe with me for that, that me and you will do what we're supposed to do, when we're supposed to do it, because how many believe the time is short and we don't have time to to play around and before I I read the text here uh, uh, thanks again to everybody for the uh, outstanding birthday celebration boy they really put one together Phyllis worked so hard and all the staff and man it was was nice Uh, the offering was almost $24,000 glory to God Woo! Hadn't figured out what I'm gonna do with all that money. It's kind of, kind of burning a hole in my pocket right now. So, but uh, I, anyway, I'm I'm blessed, and I got all kind of stuff. Man, I got a new pair of shoes here. I got on. I got new watches. I got oh man, I got so much stuff. And I know we've are sending a lot of thank yous. But if I happen to miss you somewhere or other, it's not because I didn't appreciate it. It's just so much stuff. I. It's hard to keep up with everything, and I don't feel like that I deserve the the least of it, but I'm thankful for it, and I appreciate it, and it is a great joy to to be with you and serve you in the ministry. Uh, John 14th chapter, if you didn't bring a Bible with you, hold up your hand. The ushers have extra Bibles. Turn to John 14, please. We've been on this subject for some uh, weeks now about the words of Jesus, and about seeing Jesus. And let's continue. John 14 and 21 says, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. He that loves me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him. Let me just stop right here. Doesn't he love you? Whether you obey him or not? Huh? Then why would he say it like this? Because even though he loves you. When he's talking about I will love him. He'll be loved of my father. He's talking about manifestations of the love of God. God manifesting His love in your life. And He's able to do that when you love Him and obey Him. Now He'll love you even if He's displeased with everything you're doing. Hmm? And He don't have to love everything about you to love you. He can love you and hate half the stuff you're doing. Right? But in that case, even though He loves you, He'll not be able to manifest His love. I mean, no, He can't reward evil. I mean, He can't bless disobedience. He can't promote you because you're rebellious. Right? He wants to, but that would just encourage you to be more rebellious. Right? Right? More disobedient. No, he's able to manifest his love. It's one thing to know God loves you by faith. It's another thing to experience. His manifested love. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In his love. I know, oh, what was this? Nearly 30 years ago, an experience I had in prayer. I remember it vividly right now. I was in the floor in the first little rental house that Phyllis and I ever had in the middle of the night or early morning I guess it was, praying praying about a specific minister friend that I knew that was really going through some stuff and they felt hard at me about some things and 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 I just the love of God came up in me towards them and I was praying for him. I said oh God you know, help them to see what's right and and, and whatever they need. And, and I prayed in tongues. And as I laid there and prayed for them, I began to experience, I, I won't say the fullness of it, but at least a measure of how God loves them. Oh, oh, it's, it's, it's hard to describe. I mean, the love of God welled up in me. Till it's like I couldn't contain it and just went towards them in my praying for them and then I just lay there and basked in His love and I, I laughed and I cried and I said, Oh God, this is where I want to live forever in this in this love and you know that is our destiny that is the environment of heaven is God's own presence, and He is love. So this is one thing to talk about God's love and, and believe it by faith. Oh, but thank God, when you obey Him, when you love Him and obey Him, you're going to experience His love in increasing degrees beyond what you ever have. And our future is to receive and experience the height and depth, the breadth. Oh, glory to God. The fullness of the love of God. It's what makes heaven, heaven. Now keep reading. He said he'll be loved of my father and I'll love him. And will manifest myself to him. What's he going to manifest to us? Himself who is love. Judas said, how are you going to do that, Lord? How are you going to manifest yourself to us without manifesting yourself to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if a man loves me, so who's going to get God, Jesus manifested to them in this earth? Not just the ones that believe on Him. The devils believe and tremble. And they're not having God revealed to them. Hmm? It's not enough to just say, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. What else must you do? You must love Him. Love Him. And how do we know if you love Him? If you love Him, you love what He says. You want to do what He says. Right? His Word, His desire, His will is your command. It's your life. You say, Lord, I delight to do your will. Whatever you say is right. And it's right for me. Somebody say it out loud. I love Him. I love his love His words. If you love His words, you will keep them you'll remember them, you'll treasure them, you'll do them. You'll do them. And when you do that, tell me what's going to happen. What's going to happen when you do that? He said, I will manifest. Whoo! Glory to God. I will manifest. What does the Amplified say? i reveal myself. I'll make myself real. I'll let myself be clearly seen by Him. Make myself real to Him. How real is He to you today? You believe He could be even more real, even much, much more real. Could He be more real to you than any human person that you know? Could He be more real to you? Yes. And the key to it is not Him, but us. Us loving him and doing what he says. So we, we need to quit begging him to reveal himself to us. He didn't say, I'll reveal myself to the one that begs the loudest and longest and hardest. Hmm? Oh, God, show yourself. You know how I know that? I must have prayed that a thousand times. Finally, I had to go, psh, psh, quit it, boy. And you know that? That is man in a nutshell always trying to get God to do it our way and ignoring what He told us to do. Oh, God, we'll climb the highest mountain. We'll swim the ocean. We'll fast 135 days. Oh, God, oh, God. He said, I told you. Keep my words. Oh, Lord, we don't want to do that. We want to fast. We want to pray. We want to beg. We want to... This is humanity in a nutshell. Well, he's not going to change. <laughs> Let me go over that again real slow. <laughs> he's not ever going to change. So if you're going to get results, you have to forget about all the stuff you thought, and you've got to come back to what he said and do it exactly the way he said. And I'm going to know when you do what he said, can you count on him doing what he said? Oh, thank God. So we've been going through the book of John. We've been looking at the red letters. We've been looking at the words of Jesus. And we've been stirring ourselves up. Do we know what He said? Do we treasure it? Are we doing it? Can we do it better? And we've uh, you know, sailed all the way through to chapter 10 now. Just clipping right along. And go back with me if you would. John chapter 10. Oh, I didn't give you a good report. I know how y'all like good testimonies. Uh, the airplane uh, has been receiving its big inspection every so many years. They have to have big inspections. And what that means is, man, they, they take them apart. I mean, you wouldn't want to see them what they do to them and get back in them and fly them. I mean... Imagine your car, you know, every so many years you have to take all the fenders off and transmission apart and rear end out and all the glass out and, 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 you know, and put it all back together and now here you, here's your car. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to do that with these things by law. And uh, we expected it to cost a certain amount, but it wound up costing nearly twice as much as what uh, we had thought. And ran up, you know, a pretty substantial bill. And there's nothing major wrong with it. they just, you know, machines are machines. They they need things replaced and need some things. And this is not, you know, this bird's not new. It's several years old. But, boy, I mean, it's it's done now. It'll be ready, you know, first of the week here. And it's top-notch shape, man. I mean, it's one of the best ones in the fleet. But pretty good-sized bill. But, you know, the same, about the same day I was out of town and, and, and we have just found out it's going to cost us X amount more. And we thought, you know, we were hoping it would be less than that. And Phyllis called and said, you know, that place that you spoke at, what was it, a month or better ago, you know, quite a while back, they just sent your offering in. And it's uh, more than enough to pay that whole bill. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. So it, it didn't cost the church anything, you know. Oh, glory to God. And another brother and I were talking about some of these things. When the call came in, I told him. Boy, we shouted. And uh, I said, now, you know, think about it. What if, what if I hadn't done that meeting? What if I'd have said, nah, I don't want to fool with that. You know, I want us to do this or, you know. Uh, our provision is connected to our obedience. Yeah. Are you listening to me now? If if you want your full provision, then you've got to be where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing beforehand. And God will use that. Now, my job is going and preaching and teaching and doing these kind of things. Yours may be, you know, uh, doing tune-ups or... Stocking grocery shelves, or or whatever it might be, but you're supposed to if, whatever you're supposed to be doing. If you're not doing it, it's going to cut off your provision down the road. Yes. So it is so vital, so important that we obey every day Amen. and follow exactly what he shows us to sow when he tells you to sow, work when he tells you to work, invest when he tells you to invest, yes. go and be where and do what he tells you to do when he tells you to do it. And if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You'll always be in the right place at the right time. And your provision will always be in the right place at the right time. Oh, it's exciting, friend. Glory to God. I mean, here's a pretty good sized bill on this thing. And I spoke twice. Big offering. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God, see. Glory we didn't ask him for a thing like we always do. We came, paid all our expenses and Glory to God. It pays to obey. Doesn't it? Be where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there, doing what you're supposed to be doing, sowing what you're supposed to be sowing. How many of the Lord's always getting you ready for the next thing. He's he's uh, he's always setting you up. And when He deals with you to do something, don't squawk and don't holler. He knows the future. You don't. Obey Him. Obey Him. Because He is setting you up. Setting you up. Somebody say, He's setting me up. He's setting me up up for a blessing. Setting me up. up. I thought you'd want to know that. Go to John 10, please. John 10, we looked at this last time I spoke to you. I want to continue. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that enters not in by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, now, thief is somebody who's sneaky and steals. They wait till you're gone and break out the back glass, sneak in under cover, steal your stuff. That's a, a thief. A robber throws a pistol in your face and, and forces you to give it to him right now. Either one of those is bad. And he said to people who don't come the right way, that's why they're coming the back door because of what they what they're there to do. When people are right, they come the right way. They come to the front door. They come openly, above board, honestly, forthright, no hidden agendas. When people are not right, they whisper in corners. They do deals under the table. They meet in the shadows. And you know why they do it? Because they're thieves. And they're robbers. That's what Jesus said. Now keep reading. He said, But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter, or the gate guardian, opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now friend, get that last phrase, etched seared, burned into your consciousness and never say anything contrary to it. Are you His sheep? Yes. Then according to Jesus, if you're His sheep, what else follows? You know, you know, you know His voice. Never say anything different. it out loud just for good measure right now and say, I am His sheep. And I know his voice. Say it again three times. I know his voice. Know his voice. I know his voice. I know his voice. I know his voice. It'd help you tremendously if you'd say that another thousand times today. I'm seriously. Say it over and over again. I know his voice. I know his voice. I know his voice. Just go around your house saying, "I know his voice. I know his voice. I know his voice." voice." The Christians have not been taught this. They've been taught other junk. I I don't know what the people I've had come to me through the years in desperation, in tears, saying, "Oh, brother Keith, would you pray for me? I just I I got this big decision I got to make. I got this big thing going up." And, and if I go the wrong way, it could mess up my life. And and I just I can't seem to hear from God. I've prayed. I've done everything I know to do. And I can't seem to hear from God. I, I've fasted. And I've turned in prayer requests. And I've counseled with 40 different people. And I'm more confused now than when I started. And I just can't seem to hear from God. I just can't seem to hear from God. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know what the problem I can't seem to hear from God. I can't seem to get it straight. Hm I just—I don't know. My—I'm just i confused. I'm so confused. I'm just confused. I'm—I'm I'm so confused, and I can't seem to hear from God. I don't know why. Why wouldn't He talk to me? Why? I, I can't. I, would you pray? I wanted to say no. Because really, you can pray for somebody like that night and day. And until, unless they change, your prayers will be of no avail. Amen. But I didn't say no. I just said, will you do something I direct you to do? I don't, mm, if I can. I said, oh, you can. It's just a choice. If you will. Well, well, what, what is it? I said, never again say you can't hear from God. They looked at me like, well, Brother Keith, I, I, I said, don't say it. Never again. Why? Because it's in direct contradiction to what your shepherd, head of the church, said. You know what people are doing? Yeah, but I just I just feel so confused and... And I just can't tell. They're walking by sight. They're walking by their head. They're walking by what they feel. And that means more to them than what Jesus said. How many of you here are going to embrace this and say, I take this. This is truth. truth. I I am His sheep. I know His voice. I know His voice. I know His voice. He goes on to say, and a stranger's voice, they won't follow. Well, friend, if I'm not following strangers, I'm not going to be led astray. And if I am following Jesus, I'm going to be led the right way. The Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. I shall not want. Why? He's leading me. Glory to God. God. In the paths of righteousness for His sake. He leads me. He gets me to the green, lush, fat pastures. Glory to God. Cool, deep, pure, still waters. He restores my soul. How did I get so restored? Because He got me to the right place. Where I could get everything I need. Oh, I feel like I might preach this morning. He's my shepherd. He's the good shepherd. Tell me what a shepherd does. What does a shepherd do? Lead you to where you can be fed. Right? Lead you. Glory to God. Isn't that what we were talking about earlier in the testimony? need to be at the right place, doing the right thing. And then that leads to something else, and that leads to something else. It's not okay for us to just make our plans and do our thing and say, God bless us, God bless us, God bless us. No. Honey, your plan ain't blessed. And God ain't going to change you. Substitute your plan for His. He's not going to do it for you. He's not going to do it for me. No. So we, we, we don't need to be focused on that. We need to be focused on following Him. And you can follow Him because you are His sheep and you know His voice. Uh, reading after another individual, this is from many, many years back. He wrote some examples from uh, World War I. So that tells you how how far back this goes. But he... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. These verses says this, and then I'll read you this example. God's word of John ten twenty seven says, "My sheep respond to my voice." The Living Bible says, "My sheep recognize my voice. My sheep give ear to my voice." Now the West translation puts it like this. He said, "The sheep which are mine are in the habit of listening to my voice." As me, Amen. that you in, I'm in the habit of listening to His voice, and I know them. Jesus said by experience, and they take the same road that I take with me. Well, if you follow him, you're following Him, y'all going down the same road. And I give to them eternal life, and they shall positively not perish, never. That's us. His little sheep. And no one will snatch them by force out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me as a permanent gift is greater than all. And no one is able to be snatching them by force out of the hand of my Father. Glory to God. Sheep need a shepherd. They are not able in and of themselves to lead themselves or feed themselves or protect themselves. How many know a little sheep out in the big bad world hmm, is somebody's snack? Right? There are predators in the world. He mentioned specifically wolves, didn't he? Yes. Wolves. Wolves like nothing better than eating little sheep like you. And uh, this, is, this is bigger than we may have time to get to today, but sheep have three big enemies. One of them is their self. You got independent sheep. Oh, come on now. Y'all help me today. Huh? Independent sheep. What's independent sheep? Independent sheep go their own way, they don't need a shepherd. Hmm? You ever seen a Rambo sheep? <laughs> Going to defend himself. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Do you need a shepherd? Yes. We all need a shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd. Independent sheep lead themselves off into trouble. They get their into situations where they're consumed, where they're destroyed. Second enemy of the sheep is wolves, predators, and they're around. And third enemy of the sheep Is bad shepherds. Jesus talks about them. Hirelings. Bad shepherds that abuse the flock and and just use the flock and don't feed the flock and don't lead the flock. But I'm so glad I found the good shepherd. Hallelujah. The good shepherd. I I, I didn't finish reading this to you. This individual commenting on this verse, my sheep, uh, hear my voice. He said, In the common sheepfolds of ancient times, the shepherd merely gave his distinctive call, and the sheep came out from the others, following him out of the sheepfold. Now, the Bible talks about at least two different kinds of sheepfold. Out in the country... They would put little makeshift stuff together to kind of protect the sheep. But in town, they would have a, uh, a a solid foundation with fence and shelter, big place where shepherds could bring their flocks. And they would bring different flocks from different areas, and they put them all in this one big enclosure. And so you might have 10 different flocks in there or more, and you might have... You know, scores and scores or hundreds, I guess possibly thousands of sheep in these uh, sheep folds. And so I'm understanding that they're in there all night. They're all mixed up, right? Where's your sheep? Where's your 105 sheep? Where's your 63 sheep? And so what would happen is the shepherd would come to the gatekeeper, the gate guardian. And the gate guardian would know if you're one of the shepherds that brought a flock in or not. And so, if if you are, then he opens the gate, and there are all these sheep are here. And all the shepherd would do is begin to call, Fluffy, <laughs> <clears throat> Biffy, <laughs> Tooty. Come on, let's go. And your sheep, if you were their shepherd, would begin to separate from the others and work their way out and get to the door and come out. And it looked convoluted in the beginning, but eventually your little group would form up by themselves and just keep following you on out. Glory to God. Glory to God. And this is what he said. He said, sheep are experts at discerning their shepherd's voice. Glory, Glory to God. And yes. hey, you don't know these sheep ever went to how to be led school? <laughs> it's just built into them to know their shepherd. And they've spent time with this person. This man or this woman, day and night, spring and summer and winter and fall and every season and every situation, they've heard that voice. They've heard it calling them and leading them in the morning. They've heard that voice singing to them at night. They've heard that voice. And so no matter how many thousands they're mixed in with or what's going on, when they hear that voice, out they come. Glory to God. He said, sheep are experts at discerning their shepherd's voice. How about you? Somebody say, I'm his sheep. And I know his voice. He went on to say, during World War I, some Turkish soldiers tried to steal a flock of sheep from a hillside near Jerusalem. And the shepherd who had been sleeping woke up to find his flock being driven off. He couldn't recapture them by force. They're soldiers. He's a single shepherd. So he just started calling to his flock. The sheep listened and returned to their rightful owner. And the soldiers couldn't stop the sheep from returning to their shepherd's voice. Can you see them out there chasing them and trying and they're just going through their legs and flipping out and they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Oh, hallelujah. That's a picture of us. No matter what tries to distract us. What didn't he say? Nothing can pluck them out of my father's hand. All we got to do is listen to him. That's all we got to do is follow him. And He'll keep us in a safe place. He'll keep us in a prosperous place. Glory to God. Go back with me over to John 10. He said, verse 5, A stranger they'll not follow. They'll flee from him because they know not the voice of strangers. Verse 7, Then said Jesus to them again, Verily, verily, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. Notice it. He said the sheep didn't hear them. It. You can identify people by who they hear. Jesus said this. He talked about it. If you are of Him, you hear Him. If you don't hear Him, you're not His sheep. That's what John 8 says. John 8, 47. He that is of God hears God's words. You, therefore, He said, are not. You don't hear them because you're not of God. 1 John 4, 6 says, We are of God. And he that knows God hears us. Now, when God's speaking through people, it's the same thing. He says, we are of God, John said. And he that knows God hears us. If, if, if they're speaking of God and you are also of God, you recognize it. Yes. Don't you? Yes. And you want to hear it. Yes. He went on to say, he that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You can identify who people are. Whether they're His, whether they're not. By what they will hear. Or what they won't hear. I want to hear Him, don't you? He went on to say, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in And out and find pasture. The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. Many translations say super abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life. For the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, who's own the sheep or not, sees the wolf coming and does what? He leaves. He's gone. What's going to happen to the sheep? You know, you see over and over, in the Old Testament and in the New, the phrase, Sheep without a shepherd. Sheep scattered without a shepherd. You know, Jesus, more than once, He looked over the crowds of the people and the Bible said He had compassion on them because they were as sheep without a shepherd. What condition are sheep without a shepherd in? Yeah, lost, no direction. Are they vulnerable? No protection. What about their being fed? You see, sheep need... Sheep left to themselves, I did a little study on this, they will do stupid stuff. If you, if, if you let them, the herd, lead the herd, they will do crazy things. I mean, one of them, if the lead sheep decides he do not want to eat, there's been cases where all the rest of them decide they're not going to eat either. They can starve to death. You know the say the same sentence, well if so and so jumps off the cliff, will you will you do to it do it too? Uh, yeah, sheep will. <laughs> that's why they need a shepherd. Yes. Right? They need a shepherd. But here he talks about bad shepherds. Now, the word shepherd, and when we hear the word shepherd, we think of pastors of churches, and that's part of it. But if you study the Scripture, it also includes heads of families, heads of groups, heads of nations. Leaders, heads. And here he, he tells us about a, a, a shepherd who is not the right kind of shepherd. What is he? A hireling. What is a hireling? Hmm? Somebody that is only there for the pay, right? Now, this has become a common thing in many walks of life, so much too that people don't even notice it anymore. And, of course, people be very adamant that a pastor of a church ought not be there just for the pay. Well, why is it okay for you to be somewhere to do something just for the pay? why would it be any any more okay? And unless you've proven and demonstrated, how are you going to judge somebody else? I mean, it's easy to say, oh, you know, ministers ought not be concerned about the money. They ought not be concerned about the expenses. They ought not be concerned about, you know, uh, how this is going to come or where this is going to come. Well, how many meetings have you done? Hmm? How many budgets have you paid for? Hmm? Until you've done it, you don't know what you're talking about. It's full of hot air. You understand what I'm talking about? Oh, it it's sounds fine and, and, and high and lofty thinking. And it is right. But it applies to everybody the same. Not just preachers. Everybody. You're not supposed to work a job only Because of the money. You're supposed to pray about where you're supposed to be working. Right? And if it's the right job for you, I don't care if it's half the money you used to make. Do it. Oh, I lost somebody. Now, I'm not telling you something I don't know about. We've done that. Phyllis and I have done this over and over again, and it has gotten us to some good places in God. I left my job, and I went into the ministry, and I worked forty-plus hour weeks for no, no salary. <laughs> month after month, year after year, it's one of the best things I ever did. Yes. Now, sometimes you got people that want to volunteer all the time, and the Lord told them to do this job over here. That's right. Well, that's not okay. You can't do that and be blessed when he told you to be over here at this job. But for me, that was what was right for me. Eventually, they came and said they wanted to hire me. I had to pray about it. You said, you're joking. No, I'm not. I was doing so good, I didn't want to mess this up. The money was coming in. I mean, really, Phyllis and I were better off financially than we'd ever been. I thought, well, now I know I'm living by faith now. I don't want to quit living by faith. I don't want to go backwards. And I finally realized it was okay to receive the salary and we made the changes. But then, you know, places in life where you made, uh, the Lord led you, same kind of thing. I mean, y'all know when we came here and started the church, we didn't take a salary for a while. And that's okay. The Lord tells you to do it. When When your heart's right, you'll do it regardless of the money. The money will not be the determining factor. Now, everybody knows that's right. But it's far fewer people that actually live this way. I'm telling you, money is a big deal. And people, will, I've seen it over and over again. You, you talk about doing a meeting. You talk about taking a position. You talk about doing a job. And people want to know, well, how much is the money? And you can tell. It's... it's It's going to be the determining factor for them. Well, friend, if you're led by the pay, you're not led by the Spirit. Is it true or not? Now, the laborer is worthy of his hire. Don't misunderstand me. The laborer is worthy of his hire. But I've seen people miss it. They should have got in. They should have taken the cut. They should have uh, made the sacrifice. And by now, they'd be in a different place. Yes. But they wouldn't do it. Ah, I'm educated. I was making X amount of money in the world. Well, whoop-dee-doo. <laughs> You're going to miss the plan of God. Over $5 more an hour. You see people uproot their families, take them out of a good church where they got healed, where they learned how to be led by the Spirit and move them across this country where there's not a place to go to church. Hmm? For $10,000 more a year. Led by the dollar. Led by the money. Oh, it's happening all the time. He said that's what, that's what happens with a hireling. Now you can tell... The people that are not right, when it looks like it's going to cost them something, they feel led to do something else. When did this hireling get a revelation about his career change? Oh, come on, help me out, guys. When did he get a revelation that it was time for him to change jobs? When he saw a wolf coming. Right? That was his epiphany. He saw the wolf coming and he got a revelation. I'm not supposed to be here no more. So he immediately left. Left them in a bind. You know, Phyllis and I have talked about this. We have seen this. It's really, it's not funny. It's happened to us before. We've seen it with so many other churches and ministries. People jump out of their place and leave a gaping hole. And it's really tough because, (coughs) you know, you want to, you know they're supposed to still be there. And now you gotta believe God to put somebody else there. And you know they're supposed to be there. And you know they're not getting, they're not getting their blessing. And if they're not where they're supposed to be, they're not gonna do better somewhere else. I mean, if they were going on to bigger, better things in God, that'd be great. But how can you when you're in disobedience? Oh, friend, this is all over the place. Sometimes I scratch my head and wonder how God makes it all work. Because people have a will, and people are disobeying God, they're jumping out of their place, they're leaving early, sometimes years early, and they're not prepared to go to the next thing, and they're leaving holes. You know, when something's of the Lord, it's a smooth transition. If it's really right for somebody to move out of that into something else, he's already got somebody else prepared over here moving them in. Amen. And it will be a smooth transition. But when you see these things where these gaping holes are left and everybody's running around trying to, uh, you know, they've got to do extra work and their, their job and that too, and it's just it's a problem, it's a burden, somebody missed God. And the Lord's gracious, and He's merciful, and He'll help you, and He'll get you through. And the plan of God's not going to fail. Right. Hmm? Somebody will obey Him. Sometimes it means people having to do extra work and pull somebody else's load too, but God will grace them for that, and they'll get the reward for it too. I don't want anybody else getting my reward. And you see some of these I, It's sad. I see folks ten years later, twenty years later, they've moved over here, over here, over here, over here. They've spent all their money. They're in debt over to their eyes. They've had all kind of problems, and they haven't developed. They're in worse shape spiritually than they were twenty years ago. Why? They're out of their place. They're trying to create their own ministry and their own thing. It's sad. It's sad. It doesn't work. Get in your place. Stay in your place. Unless and until He directs you to something else. And I don't mean this because you saw a wolf coming. Hmm. God's not leading you to another position because you saw a wolf coming. The hireling says, I'm out of here. Hey, why? Because he might be bit (laughs) by this wild animal. The Bible said David was a man after God's own heart. Wasn't he? And even as a boy shepherd, you can see it. Where did he learn how to believe God? We see him show up on the scene when he faced down Goliath. And what a miracle. We've been talking about it. People have been talking about it for centuries. Right? How a teenage boy stand up and believe God and meet a giant of a man with a slingshot and a stick. And take, I mean, David and Goliath. Who don't know about David and Goliath? But before David and Goliath, was David the shepherd boy. Right? David the shepherd boy. And one day he saw not a wolf, but a lion come. Didn't he? And grab one of his lambs. I'm quoting him. Grabbed one of his lambs, a lion now. Have you seen a lion? You ever seen one close up? You ever heard them roar? What'd it make you want to do? Yeah. Makes everything on the planet want to run. Have you ever seen those jaws and those teeth? And they are not afraid of you. I know we went up to Alaska a few years ago and it was a revelation I had. I was coming to the airport. I was driving in, and right beside us, a moose. Gigantic. And I'm from Mississippi, and I'm used to seeing, you know, varmints and critters around. But I, not this. Man, you know, we have deer, but, boy, they don't touch this. Um, I mean, this thing and It was a cow, and she had a calf. And she looked at me like... And I looked at her. I'm, through, I'm in the car. And I I wanted to get out of her way. And I realized, she ain't afraid of me or this car. And that you can say that for half the animals up there, including all the bears and everything. They're not afraid of you. She looked at me like, what's your problem? You better get out of here. And I did. Lions are that way. You ever try to stare down a lion? Forget it! You eyeball him. Can you imagine a young teenage boy? His lion has got his lamb in its mouth, and the shepherd in him. He wasn't a hireling. He didn't run. Away he ran to. The Bible said, He said, He ran to that beast, and he smote it, and he took that lamb out of his mouth. Come on, can you imagine taking a lamb out of a lion's mouth? How many this lion has already decided this is his lunch? Right? You ain't talking him out of it. He would do that over one lamb. That is the shepherd's heart, isn't it? Faced danger. Willing to pay a cost. Willing to pay any price. Not concerned about his own safety. Not concerned about his own needs. He did it again with a bear. And it was just the kind of man God was looking for to lead his people Israel. Exactly the same thing that make you a good shepherd with literal physical sheep will make you a good shepherd with spiritual sheep. People, you don't run. You're not afraid of paying a price. Paul said, I seek not yours, but you. He said, I'm willing to spend and be spent. Didn't he say that? Is that his heart? That's not just his heart. That's the heart of the master. Didn't He come and lay down His life for us? Yes. Yes. He wasn't afraid of death. He wasn't afraid to take our sin. He wasn't afraid to face all the judgment of mankind. The wolf, He was much more than the wolf. He saw every evil thing that could ever come against you. And He didn't run from it. He ran to it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He ran to it. And He took it. And He received it. For you, you, and me. How many would say He's my shepherd? He's my, he's my shepherd. And as long as you'll follow Him and stay close to Him, He will protect you from every evil beast in this earth. And He'll lead you to the fattest pastures and the best waters. And you will always be at the right place at the right time. And all your needs will be met. And you shall not won't glory to God and nothing and nobody can ever take you out of God's hand and rip you out of his protection and provision nothing can, nobody can oh does it stir you up at all? stand up on your feet, give praise to God, stand up and give glory to God oh thank you Father Oh, lift up your hand, say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me be your sheep. Thank you for being my shepherd. Thank you for being so good to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Now, the reason that we can be His sheep and be in this sheepfold of His is because He bought us, didn't He? We're going to observe communion today. We're going to honor His body and His blood because that's what purchased us, right? The precious blood of the great shepherd of the sheep has redeemed us and bought us back. We didn't deserve, we weren't worthy to be His flock and to, to receive His eternal protection and provision and blessing. But He bought us. Bought us out of our bondages and fears. Made us worthy with His own blood. Mm, mm, mm. So we're going to observe this. We're going to honor this today. Ushers, would you come right on? And uh, you can be seated again and sing.